Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, I'm Ed. It's great to be with you. Here is episode seven of the seven signs of the secret king. Jam, how are you feeling? I'm excited. We've made it to the seventh sign of the secret king, but there are two more to go. So don't stop listening now. (laughs) Two bonus signs. So keep listening. Do you wish you'd called it the nine signs of the secret king, Jam? No, not at all. No, there are seven signs and that's what it says in John's gospel. So we're going we're going with what John says, Jesus's best friend John who wrote this gospel. And these signs in John's gospel are called signs and not miracles. Jam, why is that? Use your massive brain. Because John is using these miracles to show us who Jesus is. If you or I had the power that Jesus has, you'd use your power just to show everyone how powerful you were. But actually, Jesus uses his power to show everybody who he is. He's the secret king. And Jam, I have discovered as we've gone through these that at least the first five signs have great numbers in. Sign one, water to wine, 700 litres of wine. Sign two, the official son was healed 20 miles between Cana and Capernaum. Jesus healed him in Capernaum while his son was in Cana. Sign three, he healed the man at the pool who had been unable to walk for 38 years. Sign four, feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves. Sign five, Jesus walks on water after the disciples had rowed three or four miles. Jesus walked three or four miles on water. Sadly, sign six, Jam, I can't find a number. It was the man who was born blind. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) I thought I was going to make a breakthrough in understanding John, but my brain isn't big enough, Jam. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Please give us a whip around question, Jam. What makes you cry? I have one. Tell me, Jam. My wife once told me a story about when she was little and she had a balloon and she got out of a car and let go of the balloon and the balloon just disappeared off into the air. It was a helium balloon and went away. And that makes me so sad to think of my wife as a little girl with her balloon disappearing off into the air. I'm finding, Jam, I cry a lot during films. Ah, 
I think it's I think it's getting old. But also, when really bad things happen, it makes you want to cry too. So have a really honest chat about what makes you cry. Go. thinking about crying ed what's going on uh, why are we thinking about that well jam today we're looking at the shortest verse in the whole bible it's only two words it's verse 35 of john 11 and it is jesus wept it's so important it's so big it's so massive even jesus cries some things make him sad we're going to find out about that today ed do you want some fun facts jam There's Mm -hmm. literally nothing I want more than for you to fun fact us. Here are some fun facts about one of the most famous tombs in the world, discovered by complete accident on March the 29th, 1974, when a farmer was digging a well and found uncovered fragments of pottery. Ed, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I want to say Sutton Who, but it's not, is it, Jam? Okay, it certainly isn't, because the farmer's name was Yang Zifa. China. We're in China. Uh, What did he find? uh, The Terracotta Army. That is right. He discovered evidence of the first warrior of the famous Terracotta Army. That was the colour of the soldiers when they dug them up. 2,000 statues of warriors and horses buried underground as a tomb for China's first emperor, Qin Shi Huang, over 2,000 years ago. This was a complete surprise as there were no historical records of this underground army. And get this, Ed, each warrior has unique facial features and hairstyles. There's infantrymen, archers, generals, cavalrymen, charioteers, officers. They're all different in expression, clothing, and they all have real bronze weapons. And originally they were painted, although they're terracotta now. Can you believe that? Jam, every single thing about this totally does your head in. A friend of mine visited it in China and I'm, I'm worried I'm going to get my facts wrong, but I believe it's true that the main tomb of the king has still not been dug up because they're waiting until they've got the right technology to do it because they're so sure they're going to find some amazing stuff. And they think there's another 6,000 warriors still to go. <laughs> it's the biggest burial site on Earth, covering 56 square kilometres. That's half the size of Disney World in Florida. <laughs> now, Jan, that's new. I was absolutely certain you were going to tell me about that in terms of football pitches. It's so big. It's four Heathrow airports, but that probably doesn't mean anything <laughs> to anyone. Jam, I want to thank you for that fun fact. I'm so pleased we did it because it is it is brain explodingly hard to understand the size of that and here is the last reason why why the emperor wanted to live forever and spent a huge amount of resources building a magnificent underground empire equipped with everything he would need for the afterlife jam there is something for us to learn today isn't there You've got a choice between either spending your entire life preparing for your death with armies of of clay soldiers or 
you can trust in Jesus. Which one do you think is going to work better? I think the listeners know which they would rather do. Jam, your brain is the largest in Europe. Please, (laughs) please tell us, Jam, what do you know about John? The intros get more and more ridiculous, but here's a question for you, Ed. Do you know anyone called Zoe? Yes, I think I know one person called Zoe. Yep. Do you know that Zoe is in the Gospel of John? I didn't know that, Jam. Where is Zoe? John wrote his Gospel in New Testament Greek, and the word Zoe means life. And life is one of the big themes of this Gospel written by Jesus' best friend, John. And in the last series at Christmas, we looked at the first chapter of John. The fourth verse says, In him was life, Zoe, and that life, Zoe, was the light of men. And John uses two other words that mean life as well, suke and bios. Can you say that, Ed? Suke? (laughs) Suke. And bios. Bios. And these uh, three words crop up 47 times in the gospel. So in our story today about Lazarus, we really see that theme of life coming through. Listen out for words like life and living. Let's have our reading now. We're in John chapter 11. Now, this is one of the longer stories in the Gospels, but honestly, it's beautiful. It matters. Listen carefully for death and life. Our reading is some, but not all of John chapter 11. There was a man named Lazarus who was sick. He lived in the town of Bethany, where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Mary's brother was Lazarus, the man who was now sick. Jesus arrived in Bethany. There he learned that Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. Martha heard that Jesus was coming, and she went out to meet him and said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you anything you ask. Jesus said, Your brother will rise and live again. I know that he will rise and live again in the resurrection on the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will have life even if he dies. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. Martha Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the one who was coming to the world. The Jews were with Mary in the house, comforting her. They saw Mary stand and leave quickly. They followed her, thinking that she was going to the tomb to cry there. But Mary went to the place where Jesus was. When she saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw that Mary was crying and that the Jews who came with her were crying too. Jesus felt very sad in his heart and was deeply troubled. He asked, Where did you bury him? Come and see, Lord, they said. Jesus cried. So the Jews said, See how much he loved him. But some of them said, If Jesus healed the eyes of the blind man, why didn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Again, Jesus felt very sad in his heart. He came to the tomb. The tomb was a cave with a large stone covering the entrance. Jesus said, Move the stone away. Martha said, But Lord, it has been four days since he died. There will be a bad smell. Didn't I tell you? 
that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they moved the stone away from the entrance. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I said these things because of the people here around me. I want them to believe that you sent me. After Jesus said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out. There were many Jews who had come to visit Mary. They saw what Jesus did, and many of them believed in him. My family recently went to a funeral for someone precious to us. There were so many tears. There was more crying than I have ever seen. It was awful. Death hurts those of us left behind. Perhaps you know how hard it is to have to say goodbye to someone you love. I'm so sorry. Jesus knows how it feels. In today's story, Jesus' friend Lazarus had died. Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, were heartbroken and Jesus loved them, so he was heartbroken. Jesus loves us. So when we are heartbroken, he feels it too. Martha was angry with Jesus. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. That sounds right to us. We saw that Jesus healed the official's son, so he didn't die. So why didn't Jesus heal Lazarus? We might feel like that when someone we love dies. If Jesus is so loving, why didn't he heal them? He could have, but he doesn't always. Mary was crying because she was so sad. Her brother had died and she missed him. Even though we know that death is not the end, it is still normal to find death so very sad. Jesus cried. He had power over death, but his heart still broke for those who were being hurt. Let's listen to what Jesus says to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will have life even if he dies. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. Resurrection means coming back to life after death. When it comes to life and death, Jesus is the only one who can help. He has all power over death. He has all power over life. He can give life and he can take it away. He can offer life to those who want it, to those who trust him. So hold on to Jesus. If you go to anyone else, they can't help with life and death. What a promise Jesus gives here. He who believes in me will have life even if he dies. That is the promise that solves the greatest problem in the world. This is the answer to the most difficult question every single person in the world has. Death. You see, Jesus is saying that death doesn't need to be the end. Dying doesn't need to be scary. With him, it's not a problem. If we believe in Jesus as our king and as our saviour, then death does not need to terrify us or scare us. Death becomes a way of getting to Jesus forever. You walk through doors all the time. You know how a door works. Unless you walk through a door, you can't get into the next room. 
But as you walk through and close the door, there's now a door between you and the people you left behind in the other room. With Jesus, death is like the door. It's the way into life forever. Dying is like walking through a door from life on earth to life forever with Jesus. When people die trusting in Jesus, they go to be with him. That is good for them, but it's not all good for us left behind because we don't get to see them anymore. Death is like a closed door between us and them. It's sad because we love them so very much. Let me finish by just looking at verse 45 for how people felt after they had seen Jesus raise Lazarus. There were many Jews who had come to visit Mary. They saw what Jesus did and many of them believed in him. When we know that Jesus has power over death, we will believe in him. It's a sign that shows us who he is. I said that I'd been to a funeral with my children. We prayed a lot that day. We prayed we would not be scared of death. We prayed we'd be sure that Jesus can give life forever. What a difference believing in Jesus makes. I'm going to pray. Dear Father, death makes us cry. Death is so sad. I thank you that Jesus cried because it shows us it's all right to find it sad. I pray, Father, you'd help us if we have cried over death. I pray you'd help us all to trust in Jesus for life after death. I thank you he showed it was possible. Amen. Amen. Ed's got questions. Under fives. What did Jesus do for Lazarus in today's story? Five to sevens, how was everyone feeling when Jesus arrived? Eights to elevens, why do you think Jesus cried? Over elevens, is there something you want to ask Jesus about this story or about death? Have a chat about those by pressing pause or we'll have them at the end later because we're going to crack on with our sketch. Hiya, I'm home. Oh, you're back late. Everything all right at the big council? No, everyone's in a big flap about Jesus. He keeps doing awful things like healing people and giving sight to the blind on the Sabbath. Uh, Could you believe that? Do you think that... And get this, he just raised some guy called Lazarus from the dead. From the dead? Well, we have to put a stop to this, or everyone will believe in him. Have you thought about, you know, following him? No, 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 no. No, we've got a much better idea. We've decided we'd put him to death. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, what? That's why I married you. Sense of humour. Certainly not your looks. Hey, wait. Uh, why is that funny? Well... You just said that Jesus raised someone from the dead. Yeah. He has power over death. And? And you say you're planning to kill him? What a great plan. Can you not? I mean, you can't kill someone who can raise the dead, can you? Oh, right. Yes, I see. Hmm, Never thought about it like that. And apart from anything else, 
you're not allowed to execute someone. You'd have to get the Romans to do it. I can't see them, and certainly not Pontius Pilate, just agreeing to kill a perfectly good man who raises the dead and washes their hands of the whole thing. You never know. Anyway, fish finger sandwich for tea. Oh, great. Had some guy come round with a massive basket of barley bread. Oh, yes. Oh, might go well with that wine left over from the wedding your sister went to. Delicious. Let's have that and forget the whole thing. I've got a home in heaven And my Lord will be there too He made our home in heaven He is making all things new He is making all things new Jesus showed all these things To his disciple John Earth and the skies and the seas all gone and remade again in gold and green and blue. He is making all things new. I've got a home in heaven and my Lord will be there too. He made our home in heaven. He is making all things new. Making all things new And when I wake up there In pretty shiny clothes Feel soft grass beneath my toes I'll see my Lord And He will lead me through He is making all things new I've got a home in heaven And my Lord will be there too He made our home in heaven He is making all things new He is making all things new Home in heaven from our friend Randall Goodgame, Slugs and Bugs, links in the show notes. We love hearing from you. Thank you to Chloe, Tom and Joe. Mum and Dad love listening to Faith in Kids on Car Journeys. Thank you to the Newtons for telling us that if you're driving at speed, you can't escape. Faith in Kids is playing. We're growing faith together. You can drop us an email at podcast at faithinkids.org. We love hearing from you. And in that family, we have a Chloe and a Joe, but not a Zoe. Oh, oh. so close. If you're called Zoe, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a send us an email, podcast at faithinkids.org. Okay, we're done. We've got a couple more to go because Easter is coming. So tune in next time and we'll hear the eighth sign of seven of the Secret King. And it gets <laughs> even better, doesn't it, Ed? Jam, it's the best one. Don't miss that, whatever you do. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Under fives. What did Jesus do for Lazarus in today's story? Fives to sevens, how was everyone feeling when Jesus arrived? Eights to elevens, why do you think Jesus cried? Over elevens, is there something you want to ask Jesus about this story or about death? <laughs>